I think that makeup is just the platform for what my purpose is. I believe that my purpose is to ultimately inspire and encourage people to discover their own purpose and help them relentlessly pursue it. So if I can light a fire to help you discover your purpose and, and chase after that thing, that's ultimately what I live for. Welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys Podcast, and happy National Pecan Tort Day if you're tuning in from the U.S. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I chat with Kiera Lanise. Kiera is a pro makeup artist based in Lansing, Michigan, specializing in beauty, editorial, and red carpet makeup artistry. Kiera's work can be found in magazines such as Vogue Online and red carpets for the Grammys and the BET Awards. Kiera was even the key makeup artist for the Michigan-based film, Block Party. While Kiera has an immense passion for being a makeup artist and has been interested in it since childhood, she defines makeup as her platform for helping people. Kiera has spent time with students at senior seminar days at Sexton where she went to high school and truly enjoys giving back to the area she grew up in. Our conversation ranges from her experience working her seventh year at the BET Awards to a powerful recent experience working in the National Education Association event in Chicago, and ultimately what brought her back to Lansing despite having a thriving career in Texas. Like with the episode featuring Mike Marriott, I want to give a quick shout out to Sarah Spohn who got me connected with Kiera to begin with, and who also happens to be an alumna of Sexton High School. Be sure to check out the resources in the show notes to stay updated with all the exciting things Kiera has planned, since she never seems to stay in one place for too long. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Kiera Lanise's journey as a pro makeup artist. All right, Kiera, welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is this is going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, and I'm so... Um, I'm always excited to talk with, uh, you know, another Lansing native. So, yeah, no, always always a good time. So, yeah, we are here to talk all about your work as a pro makeup artist, along with many other things, I'm sure. But can you start by briefly explaining how you first got interested in becoming a uh, makeup artist to begin with? Man, so I actually, I have no clue. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've always been interested in fashion and beauty, and I... I, I want to say I was in the fourth grade when I said I wanted to be a cosmetologist. And I only knew what that word was because my mom, um, when she was in high school, she did cosmetology at Hill. And so I would use her books and, you know, read her old textbooks as a kid and play with my Barbie's hair and things like that, like going off of this book. And I just was like, man, I want to do this, you know? <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I've always known I wanted to be in fashion and beauty. And in the seventh grade, I said, I want to have a cover and a spread in Vogue. Again, just dreaming big, didn't really know in what capacity. That's just always been the goal. And so it wasn't until, what, I turned 17, 16, 17, that I was doing hair and makeup in the bathrooms at Sexton, that I was like, oh yeah, this is is the thing. Like, this is what I do. (laughs) 
<laughs> and from there, I, I couldn't have imagined that my career would have evolved into what it is now or that I'd even have a career as a makeup artist. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy how everything just happened. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it's crazy. No, yeah, it's crazy how all that stuff works. I mean, all the pieces are kind of there, but you don't really fully realize them or it doesn't fully click until later on it's like oh this is my life type thing but uh, you know they were always there I guess from the beginning I mean I have a very similar story I mean not with uh, makeup by any means but <laughs> just in regards <laughs> to like uh being a distance runner and and everything like that like I run marathons now but I always ran cross country wow. and track growing up and yeah and then that turned into a, just an ambitious goal now of running a marathon in all 50 states and you know, people wow. would ask me that all the time of just, <laughs> how'd you get started down this venture? And it's hard for me to answer too. It's like, honestly, like it's, it's hard to pinpoint. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how these things work, but Absolutely. no, that's, that's so awesome though. And now I was uh, recently reading your article in city pulse and I saw that despite having a thriving career in Texas, you decided to move back to your hometown in Lansing, uh, right in the beginning of 2020. So what ultimately brought you back to Lansing? Man. Okay. So one, my aunt passed away unexpectedly, which that really messed me up. She and my uncle were the only family that I had in Texas. And I mm. I was already kind of feeling like I kind of want to go back home just because I was living in Houston, but traveling all the time back and forth to LA and New York for work. And I felt like I was really transient in my career. And with her passing away, that just devastated me. And I just felt this tug, like, you need to go back home. Like, you need community. That was the biggest part. And yeah, I, I started telling a few family members and a couple friends, and they're like, oh my gosh, no, you are living it up. Don't come back to Lansing. And I'm like, no, I, I really feel like that's that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to move back home. I, I decided after their responses, I didn't want to tell anyone else just because I knew that this is something that I felt like I was being led to do. And mm -hmm. um, I didn't want people to try to talk me out of it. And so I kept quiet and I moved back January 1st, 2020. I prayed and I was like, you know, I need a strategy. Like how, if this is really what I'm supposed to do, because even though I'm all for it, like I am scared. <laughs> What the heck is going to happen, <laughs> you know? And um, I really feel like God just gave me like an exit strategy and gave me the exact date when to, when to officially resign from my job because I was still freelancing with Mac, when to actually move, and the timing couldn't have been more perfect. And so, yeah, I moved back January 1st, 2020, ended up going on tour with a client. Rhapsody, that was what, January 7th or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. The pandemic hit in March and we were still on tour. <laughs> so <laughs> But I'm I'm so glad that I, I did trust that voice, you know, about moving back because I mean who knew we were gonna experience a pandemic, right? Like I was still broken up about Kobe's death. I was in mm -hmm. LA when that happened and so and I had to, I cut that trip short too to hurry up and come back home just because of that heaviness. Yeah, just coming back, I know that I wouldn't have been able to mentally sustain myself living in Texas away from everyone during the pandemic. So, yeah, mm -hmm. coming back to Lansing was as difficult as it was for me, um, especially to my pride and ego. I, I'm so glad. It was honestly one of the best things that I could have ever done. Yeah, no, so glad to hear that everything just kind of felt right when you did it. I mean, yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted the weight of the pandemic or anything or, or all yeah. that happened in 2020 necessarily. But, no, I, that's, I mean, that's great that you were able to be around family during that time, um, during that, that difficult time of loss for you. So Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it sounds like everything just really worked out and it, it was just what you were meant to do type thing. So absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy because 
I feel like until I'm in the news or I'm on a podcast or I'm on the radio, nobody knows that I'm actually back in Lansing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is funny because I feel like, honestly, the only thing that changed was my address. Like, I'm still on the road nonstop. Like, I've been on the road, what, nonstop for the last seven, eight weeks now. This is my, I got a half of a week as as a break. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I'm never here. And so, but when I am here, I've really tried to prioritize community involvement. That's something that has been really big for me this year. Like as much as I'm home, yes, you're going to see me at all the festivals. You're going to see me at all the, uh, the downtown Lansing events. Um, Mm -hmm. just because I really think it's important, you know, to really get back plugged in and really see what Lansing has, has blossomed to become. I think, I think it's been awesome, you know? Who would have thought Lansing would be on the map the way that it is now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's so many exciting things happening in Lansing, and it really makes me excited for the city. You know, the city that I have really close ties to and grew up in. Right. No, it's it's really cool to see all the work that's going into it. And I guess speaking of the idea of of giving back, yeah, I noticed as well that you spend some time speaking with students at senior seminar days uh, where you went to high school at Sexton. Um, Yeah. So how's that whole experience like for you? You know, I absolutely love doing that. I think that makeup is just the platform for like what my purpose is. I believe that my purpose is to ultimately inspire and encourage people to discover their own purpose and help them relentlessly pursue it, right? So if I can light a fire to help you discover your purpose and, and chase after that thing, that's ultimately like what I live for, right? And so mm-hmm. going to these senior seminars and seeing myself in these kids I mean, oh my goodness, that is honestly one of my favorite things in the whole wide world to do. Um, Even when I lived in Houston, I I taught a leadership development class for some some school girls, you know, they were, I want to say, I think I had 10th through 12th grade. And so doing that with those kids and being able to to bring those same things, those same nuggets and tools to Sexton and just inspire them. Like, of course, the goods, the glam, the celebrity, you know, um, <laughs> might even slide in a designer sneaker or something that I'm wearing that day. Like that reels <laughs> them in. But just being able to really capture their heart and really let them know that I see them, I hear them, like I value them and that they can truly do whatever they put their minds to. Like I, as cliche as that sounds, like I am a living witness that, you know, I've had people tell me crazy things growing up that like I I shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. And I remember being in, I want to say the 10th grade and we were in economics class and this boy, he's like, oh, I would love to go to Dubai, but that's not made for people like us. Or, you know, like, and I, I said, I'm, I'm going. Like, that was the the, <laughs> the subject. We were talking about Dubai and how they were building this city. And, like, it was this whole thing. And I remember that. And I'm like, I'm absolutely going there. And he's like, yeah, no, like, that's not for us. And I'm like, watch. And do you know, I got to go to Dubai on a work trip, all expenses paid. And I found him on Facebook. As petty as this may sound. <laughs> I landed at the airport in Dubai and I found him on Facebook and I I reminded him of that story. I'm like, hey, you probably don't even remember saying this, but I wanted to let you know that those words stuck with me and look, and I sent them a picture. But just being able to have those moments and not even in a in a loud and boisterous manner, you know, but like truly to say, like, look, we're from a small city where the ceilings are low, but you can honestly do whatever you want. Like whatever your heart's desire is, you can have that and more. And so, yeah, talking to those students. Oh, my goodness. It's so much fun. They validated me. I was nervous. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these kids are going to eat me up alive. I'm going to be on TikTok. They're going to like <laughs> they're gonna be recording me. <laughs> 
<laughs> and um, no, you know, the kids, they told me, I they told me on the second day, they said, uh, Miss Kira, you are blue check verified, no cap. And when I tell you that, <laughs> at first I'm like, wait, I'm not verified on Instagram. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, showing my age for sure but but yeah i needed that validation i'm like oh yeah i'm right with the kids the kids love me i'm i'm in here <laughs> so yeah oh, that man. that has been a blast I'm, I'm really excited they still keep in contact they find me on instagram a lot of them invited me to their open houses <laughs> over the oh, summer cool. and so yeah it it, it was amazing <laughs> oh no that's that's so awesome and honestly yeah that, that's such a great feeling doing that i had a, a brief taste of that a few years ago because I I went back to my high school in Holt and they were having different alumni come in and and be on a panel for my journalism class and I was big into Mm. journalism in high school and yeah so I came back and I was like hey this is what I'm doing now type thing and at the time I was freelance writing for a music magazine so I like brought in the magazine I was kind of talking about like you know the freelance life and everything and I was mainly just doing it on the side in college but mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know hopefully I inspired some kids there who knows but uh but it was it was fun to do and <laughs> and it was kind of wild too because like the bands that I would interview are like big to me but I don't expect most people to know who they are type thing but then you know I'm, I'm showing some of the interviews and I, I saw one of the kids like eyes light up type thing and he's like oh you oh. interviewed that band I was like oh you actually know who they are yeah <laughs> like, oh my goodness that's the greatest <laughs> feeling it's like you see me yeah. I- Exactly. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. It's no, it's such an amazing feeling. And no, I love what you said earlier, too, about how makeup is essentially the platform for you. But I mean, you know, ultimately, you were looking to inspire others, which is such a great goal. I mean, ultimately, that's what I try to do, too, and some of the stuff I do. I mean, you know, I don't expect everybody to <laughs> want to run a marathon in all 50 states or just run a marathon <laughs> at all. But I mean, you know, I'm living the life that i feel like I'm destined to do and hopefully that other people see that and they're like you know what you know maybe it's not so bad or maybe it's not so hard to do these other things I want to do so right yeah hopefully that's uh translating and everything that I'm doing but we'll see <laughs> I'm sure it is I think honestly that's so good because honestly if you're living in your purpose then you should be able to inspire people no matter what industry you're operating in you know what I mean mm-hmm. like even though, yes, makeup, again, is my platform. If you want to be in tech, if you want to be a writer, whatever it is, like, if I can inspire you as well, then that, I think that does so much more for me. You know what I mean? Versus just having uh, a bunch of makeup artist minions. (laughs) 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 Don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely want to inspire the the aspiring artist. But yeah, if, if, those same principles can inspire somebody in a completely different field then oh that that does my heart just as well mm-hmm. oh definitely and yeah speaking of the the work you do as a as a makeup artist i saw that you were the key makeup artist for the film block party that was shot entirely in michigan so what was that whole experience like for you you know wow <laughs> being a makeup artist on that film was probably the hardest thing that i've ever done in my career Oh wow. And yeah, it was it was such a an interesting thing. One, this was my first time working in in film, and so I'm glad that I was able to get a taste of that life at home essentially, but it was difficult. It was really difficult for me for so many reasons. I think one just learning the nuances of a film. Mm-hmm. Like I've done, like typically my work is more beauty, commercial, editorial, red carpet. Each one of those are different and a thousand percent different than film. So like even 
oh man, I don't even know how to explain it. Just the little nuances where it's like, you are your job title. You don't do anything else. I mean, Mm -hmm. just having a a natural servant's heart where, oh, we gotta, it's starting to rain. We need to move these chairs out of the way. If I touch a chair, Mm -hmm. I will be reprimanded because you don't touch a chair. Like you, you do makeup, don't (laughs) touch a chair. And I'm like, I'm thinking I'm just being nice. I'm just helping. No, we have people to do that. PA, come do this. I'm like, oh, wow. So just Mm -hmm. everything being a learning experience (laughs) from start to finish. Also, the long days on set. I don't think Mm -hmm. I was prepared for that. I mean, some days, most days, we would start at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. means that um, you're ready for the first actor in your chair at 5 a.m. So you're there. Your COVID test Mm -hmm. is already done. You've checked in. You're set up. All of that. And 5 a.m., first person is in your chair. And then sometimes we might not hear it's a wrap until 11 o'clock at night. And man, that means you yeah. still have to go back back to base camp, to the makeup trailers and tear down, maybe prep for the next day or sanitize some stuff or whatever, and then drive back to your hotel. So it was intense. It was honestly one of the best experiences, but it was definitely a learning experience. I think I, I proved my own strength. Like I'm proud of myself for getting through it just because it was all just so much, it was just foreign territory. You know what I mean? But working with mm-hmm. my department head, Miss Cassandra, she was everything. Oh my goodness. I really, that one, that was my first time meeting her. We have been social media friends for years. I mean, sending each other jobs back and <laughs> forth, you know, kiki and laughing on social media, but we had never actually met in person. So to be able to, to essentially live with the person, <laughs> you know, for a month, yeah. month and a half, that was it was a great experience the entire makeup team was was phenomenal the actors and actresses were just outstanding i mean these were people that i'm proud to say that i worked with you know like especially people that we consider black hollywood royalty right like you have mm-hmm. um actors and actresses that my grandparents admired like their version of Denzel Washington for their demographic right like Ms. Mm-hmm. Shug Avery and John Amos like these are people that are pioneers in in Hollywood especially for the black community so to be able to work alongside them was truly a dream come true but yeah I definitely oh, that- had to work for it <laughs> <laughs> no for sure no that's that's amazing though and yeah um oh my gosh to your point uh, yeah it's it's a very different atmosphere being on set for something so I had my first taste of that last year to where I was uh, I agreed to be an extra on a on a film oh man and yeah no it was it was great it was really fun and and we were talking a little bit in a pre-recorded conversation that I also co-host on a movie podcast films for the void so I've always had a, a deep appreciation for film but yeah, yeah being on set and and going through that is such a different experience I mean I had just such a small extra role type thing but you know there's a lot of downtime on set to where it's like okay like they're filming other scenes right now I gotta do other things and kind of kill time until it's it's my time again and then just yeah just all the different you know all the work that goes into and all the different jobs I mean it really makes you appreciate all the work that goes into anything any film (laughs) no that's so real so I used to tell people that I don't go to the movies and Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is this is long before COVID so I, I promise you since I was a child I've never enjoyed going to the movies because my my mindset was I'm not about to go sit and marinate in these public seats in the dark like it just doesn't sit right <laughs> it just doesn't sit right in my spirit like I, I just don't know if I'm about that life and so I can probably tell you every movie that I've ever seen in theaters because I do not like going to the movies but <laughs> when when I worked on this and, and again and seeing like how much work goes into it you're right like I can't watch a, a tv or a, um, a, a movie a tv show or a movie without looking at like 
wow, you know how much work went into this one scene, you know, like looking at how many, <laughs> how many different camera angles they have to get or how many times they have to run the lines for a, a mm-hmm. 10 second spot, you know, let alone if there's a, a scene where there's multiple people, let's say a, um, a family dinner scene, right? You got eight people at a family dinner. Now that's one scene probably took two days to record, <laughs> you know, and looking <laughs> right. at how the camera has to have it from every single person's angles. And, you know, in a perfect world, everyone would get it done in one shot, but that's that just means that there's eight takes is there's eight people well what if somebody forgets their line you know like in that Mm. again that one two minute clip in a film could literally take two or three days and that is just wow yeah if you are in tv and film i commend you you are wow (laughs) outstanding (laughs) you have patience you are resilient oh yeah jeez that was my main takeaway as well so i'm glad i guess i'm glad you had the same experience and i'm just crazy but (laughs) right but anyway, yeah, um, I know earlier we were kind of exchanging back and forth via email that you were just in L.A. for the BET Awards for your seventh time. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that experience? Yeah, you know, this year was um, was really different for me. This was my seventh year, and I'm thankful every year, but every year has been different <laughs> mm-hmm. um, on, so many, on so many levels. So the very first year, I was there on a whim like I I really I don't know how the heck it happened but then the second year I had a lot more confidence um, because I kind of knew what to expect but every year I have done something different whether it's I'm sweet hopping going from hotel room to hotel room working with celebrities and executives or I'm in the glam suite which is like this huge conference room where each wall is a different craft so you have one one wall full of hairstylists one wall of makeup one of male grooming one of nails even. And so I've done that. Last year, I got to work with a client who was actually performing for the award show. And so that was a completely different experience. And this year was kind of a little bit of all of them. <laughs> so I, I had, um, this year was kind of crazy, actually. <laughs> I worked with a lot of executives this year versus celebrities, which I don't mind at all, but I, I had a lot of people that were on camera. And so from on-camera hosts, whether they're working the carpet, I had a couple of journalists that were running the carpet. I had some executives, one executive for Atlantic Records. She was there on behalf of Lizzo. I had an executive with Motown. She was there with the City Girls. I mean, just so many different types of people that are all important. And so, yeah, this year was was a lot of fun I got to at least breathe (laughs) um, which I typically in the past don't get to but I got to still breathe and enjoy myself and hang out and catch up with people and yeah just really see the the award show and that entire week for what it really is you know being able to partake in the extra festivities surrounding the award show just on Sunday and I think that was that was a different experience so we'll see I don't know this might be my last year just because I think I want to challenge myself to to take on another award show in the same manner and with the same aggression that I have the BET awards but I mean who knows I I feel like I can never just openly say that this is my plan (laughs) with without uh, something else happening. So I don't know. But if if this is my last year doing the BET Awards, I am completely satisfied. I think I have done so much. And I mean, I've even been able to bring other people along with me and then get their own contracts to get into the fold, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this was this was a really great experience. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you had a, a great time for sure. And, and I like how it's just kind of evolved over the years and your role within it has changed. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's just kind of a toss up what you end up doing. But yeah, and, and, and just all the people that you meet, I imagine it's a very surreal experience. So out of curiosity, do you ever get like starstruck by anybody out there or have any of those moments? 
I will say not really. Now, okay, I'll, I'll take that back. Last year, I didn't even get to meet her, right? Mm-hmm. But Naomi Campbell was in the same room as me. And just the thought of that just wrecked my life. I just could not believe that we were breathing <laughs> the same air in that moment. Because, <laughs> because I am obsessed with Naomi Campbell. She is, you know, one of the original supermodels. Yeah, but other than that, walking and talking with celebrities, working with celebrities, I'm really not phased because I honestly, and this isn't to take away from the way that I honor them, but I see them as people. Like, mm-hmm. I see them as people who have a larger platform, who have a larger bank account, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but ultimately, just being able to see the humanity in them, I think, mm-hmm. is very humbling for the both of us. And I, I honestly feel like the reason, my, especially my celebrity clients, the reason they keep bringing me back is because I don't get starstruck. And they're able to just be themselves. You know, as a makeup artist, I'm with my clients in their most vulnerable state. Mm-hmm. Whether they are preparing for an interview, whether they're rehearsing lines, it's just before a show. You know, I am with them when they are in their most human form like before Mm -hmm. the lights, camera, action. A lot of times I'm in their homes or I'm backstage in their dressing rooms, you know, like they're changing or whatever, you know? And so (laughs) I I don't take that lightly or for granted that I'm able to see them as a human, right? Like see Mm -hmm. them not as a personality, not as an artist, not as a celebrity, but just just to see them. Now that may be a different story when I finally meet Beyonce, but (laughs) for now, that's my answer. That's what I have. (laughs) Oh, no, definitely. (laughs) And yeah, honestly, I I feel the same way about a lot of things as well. Just, you know, different people who I've met uh, along my journey or even through podcasting or something to where, like, obviously that, you know, they have a very impressive resume, like more impressive than my resume type thing. But I think one of the most powerful moments in those interactions, just realizing how human they are and just having like real conversations with them. Like, I, I just eat that up. I mean, that's why I have a podcast. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's great. No, yeah, you, you brought up a ton of good points there. And then you just recently got back from Chicago as well, right? Yeah, so I I got booked to do makeup alongside someone that, again, social media friend. We've been friends on social media for, or on Instagram specifically, for the Mm -hmm. last maybe five years. She's like, hey, I'm doing the president of the NEA, which is the National Education Association. They have this big conference, and it's all delegates. Like, there'll be a lot of decision makers there. Like, they're going to be voting. It's going to be this huge thing. And I need someone to work alongside me to do the vice president. And I'm like, absolutely. I had no idea what the NEA was. I had to do my own research (laughs) because I I was completely (laughs) clueless. But that was an absolutely amazing experience. That was something that I'm really proud of to say that I worked on because I learned so much. One, I didn't know that it was a labor union. I didn't even know that educators had a labor union. And it's the largest labor union in the world with over 3 million members. Yeah, it was huge. I'm like, now everyone that I know that's an educator, I'm telling them about the NEA. Like, are you a part of the NEA? Because you need to join. (laughs) (laughs) There are about 8,000 people there, and they were all delegates from each state. They were having this huge conference where, on one end, there was an empowerment side of it, you know, where they're empowering the educators, you know, encouraging them to keep doing what they're doing and how much they're well needed. There was a a moment where people were even emotional talking about all the school shootings and how that affects teachers specifically and just a a, a, a safe space for even that conversation. But ultimately they were voting on some very important and often topics I had no, I hadn't taken into consideration you know, like they were voting for these things and how they affect children and how they affect children with, with special needs, 
with disabilities that are dealing with trauma and I was just blown away. And here I am simply doing the vice president of the NEA all five days and these people are really bosses you know what i mean like and I, I just have such even with that like how we just talked about in film how you have a greater appreciation for film mm -hmm. because you saw that that's how i feel about education where that conference opened my eyes and gave me such a deep love and appreciation for education and educators and even wanting to reach out to my old teachers to let them know like how much I value and appreciate them because it's often a thankless job. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it was a, it was a blast. I got to run into one of my clients, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who um, they were, her and Tyler James Williams were there on behalf of the show Abbott Elementary. Um, and so that was really cool <laughs> that there was that aspect. That was a, they were surprised guests and Cheryl's like girl what are you doing here you know I, I did her makeup in her home in LA and so she's like what are you doing here <laughs> um so to have that moment was really cool the VP of the United States Kamala Harris ended up coming so that was an amazing moment oh, and wow. so yeah that was just something I was really really proud to be a part of they're already excited to have me back next year so oh that's exciting <laughs> yeah, really. right now I can look forward to it. it's every fourth of July weekend and I just again I had no clue that they've been mm -hmm. doing this. This was, I think, the 80th year that they've done it. So, wow, to be a part of something that that special, yeah, that meant a lot to me. Oh, definitely, yeah, and it's it's crazy. You never really know what all is out there until you kind of roll up your sleeves and get involved with new things. I mean, jeez, yeah. it's, it's nuts. I mean, so many things I learned and stumbled upon just from you know, saying yes and doing it type thing. And it's, it's really eye opening yep. and geez. Yeah. Talk, speaking of teachers. Yeah. That, that really is a, uh, I don't know. It, it can definitely feel like a thankless job for sure. Because, uh, briefly after college, I'd started substitute teaching, you know, it, it, it was great. Like, um, it was really rewarding in a lot of ways, but it also showed me like, man, this is, this is really tough. Not yeah. that I didn't appreciate teachers before, but it, it only made my appreciation for teachers grow after that. And it's like, man, like <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah, man, I didn't even take into consideration. I mean, some of this stuff was just flat out heartbreaking, you know, like I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't think about with everybody going virtual because of the pandemic, you know, taking into consideration the 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 children of single parent households where if they don't have Wi-Fi or if they don't have food, like they're they're looking forward to that school lunch or, you know, even the parent looking for that, that daycare, if you will, mm -hmm. um, just those kind of subjects. I just did not take that into consideration and I don't have any children. So it wouldn't have been at the forefront of my mind, but now mm -hmm. looking at that, it's like, wow. And then you go into talking about underserved communities. Oh my goodness. It was, wow. It definitely made me all the more think like, what can I do to be involved? And beyond just the senior seminars, like there's so many other children of all age groups that need help. And I, mm -hmm. I think that if there's a way that we could volunteer, even if it's just serving in the schools or something, like, I don't know what that looks like specifically <laughs> due to like, you know, the regulations and stuff, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, what can, what can I do to help? Whether that's do a, a book drive or, or, you know, back to school is coming up. Can I, can I gather um, people and use my platform to donate resources? Like I'm, I was just looking at how many of those, those educators were talking about how they have, because of budget cuts, they have to provide the, the notebooks and the, the pens and the, you know, like mm -hmm. that shouldn't be coming out of their salary. That's already been cut a million times over. You know what I mean? Right. And so, <laughs> oh, so just, wow. Yeah, definitely <laughs> tugged on my heart for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All of those experiences really are eye-opening once you kind of 
you know, roll your sleeves up and, and dive deep within them. And it just makes you realize all the idiosyncrasies with it that you wouldn't have known otherwise. But oh my right. gosh. Yeah. Like, uh, right. I guess uh, speaking of, I guess, giving back and everything, I also read in that City Pulse article I mentioned previously that you said that you didn't really have a lot of mentors growing up, I guess, in regards to the fashion industry. So I guess uh, who are some of your biggest sources of inspiration today? Oh, wow. That is a very good question. So just off of makeup, right? I will say mm-hmm. Sir, Sir John, because I, I find inspiration in so many things. I'm an artist, right? So like, mm-hmm. I can find sure. inspiration in, I mean, the most random, <laughs> random thing. <laughs> <laughs> but makeup specifically, Sir John, which is, he's Beyonce's makeup artist, obsessed with him, obsessed with his work, not just because he works with Beyonce, but... In, in watching how he teaches, ultimately in makeup, I would love to teach. Let me say that too. Mm-hmm. So um, being the director of education for a cosmetic company would be like a, a dream job for me. Not that I dream of labor, but <laughs> that, would <be> a dream. <laughs> that would be a dream job. And so Sir John is an incredible educator as well as makeup artist. Danessa Myricks, Pat McGrath, hands down, probably number one on the list. I don't know, even my friends, like my makeup friends. I have a friend named Shalisa. She's based in Milwaukee. She is absolutely an inspiration. Bobby Riley, who is in LA, she's an inspiration. I I just find so many different artists inspiring in different ways, whether it's the the technique, whether it's the way that they create content, you know, because content creation has become a part of the job description as a Mm -hmm. makeup artist. Yeah, I think just in the in the creative, in the beauty space, those are some people that I absolutely look up to. But in, in just real life, my mom, for sure. Call her Mambu. So Mambu is absolutely <laughs> <laughs> my inspiration and my why. I have a lot of strong women in my family. So my grandmother, I have a cousin named Chanel. She, oh my goodness, she just started voice acting. And, you know, and she's on social media as well. And she and her kids are all Instagram famous now. And like, that's a whole thing in itself (laughs) where it's like, wow, my my family is is killing it out here. And it inspires me to want to keep going and even take up space in the digital realm. Because I think that's really important in today's age. But man... Oh my gosh, I feel like I find inspiration in so many in so many people. If I made a list, it would be astronomically long. <laughs> because I, I think inspiration can be compartmentalized too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just have people that inspire me as just being a woman, like just the femininity aspect and, and the grace and the way that they carry themselves and their poise. So I don't know. I I think the list could go on and on and on. <laughs> Oh, for sure. No, I, I agree completely. I mean, I, I do the same thing where I take inspiration from so many different sources. I mean, just from yeah. different conversations on this podcast, depending on which aspects of my life I'm looking at, I draw inspiration from so many different avenues. It's it's so hard to narrow it down. And yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can understand completely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And now this is a pretty heavy handed one. But what would you what would you say are some of the most impactful or memorable experiences you've had as a pro makeup artist? Ooh, that's a really good question. You, man, you got some good questions. (laughs) I'm a journalist. I mean, it's what I do. Yeah, shoot. Okay. The most impactful. Okay. NEA, absolutely. That NEA conference, Mm -hmm. we already talked about that for sure. I want to say some of the things that I haven't even posted on social media. I, I do a lot that I don't post about. Like, I'm really intentional about what I what I do share on social Mm -hmm. media just because I don't know I think that's just the nature of of my character um Mm -hmm. but I've 
I've done makeup for people simply because I, I felt the need to. And and I, when I say that, I mean like people that that were going through tough times. Um, and I won't go into the specifics of that, but mm-hmm. people who who needed a pick me up, and I felt that could use just that moment of of relief, that moment to see themselves as beautiful, that moment to to feel catered to and served. I have a couple of those experiences where those have been some of I want to say even my favorite opportunities where a lot of times I didn't even ask for anything. Like, let me do this for you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, let me serve you. Let me cater to you and, and remind you of the power that you possess. I've dealt with those, or I've had those situations for both makeup and male grooming. Yeah, I think looking at that, I mean, some circumstances where it's like I would I would have never necessarily wanted to be in that situation. I wouldn't have volunteered to be in that situation. But because the opportunity presented itself, I I knew that it was for me. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Just being able to bless people with my gifts. You know what I mean? Like, I think Mm -hmm. that aside from that, (laughs) because I felt like that could get really heavy. um, But aside from that, something I'm really proud of, probably working with Rhapsody from her tour to leading up to the BET Awards. Like, just her as a client, that has been something that I'm really proud of because I've had to persevere, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I never would have thought, like, I mean, from the way that we met, just on a whim, her manager, hey, can you can you knock her out in 20 minutes? I had no clue who she was. This was, what, 2000, I want to say 18 or 19 at the BET Awards, or this was the day before the BET Awards. I, I didn't know who she was, and she was so kind to me. And I just, I just looked at her, you know, how she was dressed, just taking into consideration her her persona, you know, the way she carried herself and just how sweet and, and mild-mannered she was. And I just did her makeup, you know. Again, I didn't know who she was or anything, and it wasn't until afterwards where she took a selfie, or we, t- we took a selfie together, and she posted it on Twitter, and my phone starts blowing up. I'm like, oh, she's like a big deal. <laughs> Had not a clue. <laughs> Had no clue. Um, but I think even those opportunities or those moments where it's like I just went in to just serve and just do what I do best. And it turned out to be something so much better. And and I still have that relationship ultimately because I think my heart was in the right place. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who are opportunists and I would say I'm far from that. Yeah. That, I feel like that mm-hmm. could open up another conversation. But. <laughs> no, that's all but great yeah, though. Just, I mean, it truly, I mean, shows your character that you're just really interested in giving back and serving and not necessarily absolutely. just looking for the resume builders all the time. Just, you know, right. looking to share your gift with other people. And then, you know, sometimes cool things come out of that that you just completely didn't expect. So yeah, those moments truly are so powerful. <laughs> Man. Um, and I'll say last one. This happened last year sometime. This was last fall. I got an opportunity to work with a designer that I had been wanting to work with for quite a while. And um, I got food poisoning the night before. Mm. And I was so upset because I, and this is, okay, this is a Lansing based podcast. So I went to Popeyes <laughs> on MLK and something told me. <laughs> told me not to go I shouldn't have gone because I knew the light was off the main overhead light like the the signage the the sign was off but they were still open something told me then don't do it I got food poisoning and I had a job the next day downtown Detroit with the designer 
And I mean, I was crying and praying like, God, I can't cancel. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to pull through. Like, mm-hmm. oh, what can I do? You know, do you know I pressed through, took a COVID test just to make sure it wasn't anything else. It was strictly food poisoning. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> hey, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up going. And I mean, I, I cried that next morning. Like, I am afraid to go to this shoot. I ended up going, ended up working. I don't know how the heck I made it through. I was sweating bullets the whole day, but I made it. Do you know, three months later, I get a tag that the shoot was featured in Vogue. <laughs> oh my goodness. I promise you, I cried tear. I was in LA when I found out and I bought, I'm in the middle of an event and I am in full blown tears looking at my work on Vogue.com. And so, <laughs> yeah, that was another opportunity where it's like, wow, that was, I did not expect for that to happen. And I could have just canceled, but that just led me closer to my dreams. Remember, I've had the same dream since the seventh grade. I'm going to get a mm-hmm. cover and a spread, spread in Vogue. And so just to say that, like, I was going to cancel and I just didn't care at that moment. I'm going to can't, I'm not doing it, but I fought through it anyways. I'm not sure my doctor would have recommended that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but because I did, um, yeah, that, that led me closer, one step closer to my dreams. So yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, crazy. that's, that's- Oh, that's crazy. No, um, those those moments of perseverance are really so powerful, too. That honestly just made me think back of my, my journalism days when I was working on a piece uh, with this band. And it was a band I listened to all the time in high school and stuff, and I was really excited for it. But, yeah, I had a deadline to meet. I kept kind of going back and forth with the publicists. I think, you know, they were busy. The band was busy. I got busy. And, yeah, it was cutting it, like, really close But the, uh, before the you know, before my deadline and everything, but they, you know, they ended up getting back with me, like right at the end of it, you know, I turned it around real quick and I just, and I busted it out and stuff. And, uh, it was wild too, because I, you know, I, I write stories and interview bands all the time and I don't really expect much from it type thing. I just kind of, you know, I do it and it's something I'm proud of. I'll share it type thing. But it's one of those things. It's just like, ah, you know, who knows who's actually reading this type thing. But, you know, I, I followed up the publicist, like glad this could all work out. You know, here's the story. And it, like, broke my brain because later that day, like, I just was scrolling through Facebook and I noticed that the band, like, shared it on their page. And I was like, hey, this looks familiar. I was like, wait a minute, that's my story. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it got, like, read <laughs> wow. and shared. Like, it's my most, like, viewed online piece I've ever done. And it was just wild, wow. like, scrolling through comments like, oh, my gosh, I never knew this about the band. Or, or it's really cool that they touched on this and all this. I was like, holy wow. crap. Like, people are actually, like, reading this. And it was... It's such a surreal moment because it was just one that like almost didn't happen entirely. And I was like, I'm oh, so glad goodness. this happened. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> no, it was wild. Uh, not to make this all about myself or anything, but it just made me think of that story. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm, thanks for sharing that. That's huge. Like those are the honestly the best moments where it's like, yeah, I'm I'm pinning this. I have to write it down because I have to tell somebody one day. Like it's going mm-hmm. in a book. <laughs> yeah, those no, those that's... are some great moments. That's amazing. I guess moral of the story, yeah, persevere. <laughs> right? <laughs> Fantastic. Now, um, yeah, Kira, I know you're always on the road all the time, so do you have any upcoming events or projects in the works that you're really excited about? Ooh, that is a good question. What do I have coming up? Honestly, I feel like I'm just winging it through life, you know? Like... <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> um, 
I, I feel like when I'm asked this question, like people want some profound answer or it's like, oh, she's going to the next such and such awards or she's doing this movie or I, I never know. So I will take mm-hmm. this time to speak into existence that I will be going to Fashion Week again. That's always great. Fashion Week is in September. I'm trying to think, what am I doing? I'm going, I'm doing a wedding in Mexico. So, and it's on my birthday, so that should be fun. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I do have a few things in the pipeline, some more commercials with brands that are, um, I don't know if I can actually say who they are, but some (laughs) athletic wear brands, a sneaker company. The dates aren't finalized, but these are things that are in the pipeline right now. And more work with Rhapsody. So she's working on her new album, so I'm excited for that. But... Oh man, award season is done. So all the things that are concrete are like done until next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Um, but I'm I'm in LA every every month, and so there's no telling what'll happen. There's so much that happens in LA every single day that when I get there, I'll find out. So <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. <laughs> 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 no, for sure. And that's honestly like such a great way to live by of just, you know, having stuff in the works, obviously, but not having like these hardcore solidified plans and like full schedule type thing, because then, yeah. you know, if your cup's already full, you can't take any more on. And honestly, that's, that's something true. I'm still learning myself. So it's something I'm still trying to incorporate within my own life. So, <laughs> man, that is so true. It's crazy because in this industry, so many things change. Like there's so many variables that make up a shoot or a concert or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and especially with covid being a thing like oh my gosh you just never know so yeah everything's up in the air it's like okay i know i have this client that's about to go on tour prayerfully everything lines up the way that it's supposed to but if it gets pushed back it's okay but then also in my line of work i can get a call tomorrow that changes everything i got a a call Mm -hmm. a few a few weeks ago that says hey um we're gonna have to go to barcelona next week wait what how do you just spring (laughs) that up on a person you know (laughs) right so who knows i might be in barcelona (laughs) (laughs) because i end up getting rescheduled so again you just never know No, I mean, geez, yeah. If the past few years have taught us anything, um, nothing is certain. So, yeah, just being right. flexible, I think, is our uh, greatest asset right now. So, yeah, just kind of wrapping yep. up with final thoughts and everything. Is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins and all that fun stuff? I think you were very thorough, and you asked some really good questions to where I'm going to have to prepare next time. <laughs> <laughs> Signs of a fantastic journalist, right? Like you, wow. I'm like, I gotta Aww. do my homework. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I I always tell myself in my head, like, oh yeah, it's, you know, casual, straightforward, like a conversation. Then I'll turn around and be like, quick, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> it's like, Shoot, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah, I think you, you asked some really, really good questions, like things that I'm really gonna have to revisit because, wow. Yeah, and I'm sure there's stories that I forgot that, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I have stories for days. Who knows what I've forgotten to say? But wow, you asked some really good questions, thought-provoking ones that I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be thinking about after after this wrap. <laughs> Aw, well, thank you. No, that really <laughs> means a lot. <laughs> this this was really fun. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh yeah. I, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I I pride myself in doing research and trying to think of you know, thought-provoking questions or just kind of, I guess, slipping in between the cracks and just, like, looking at different stories and, like, oh, that's an interesting aspect. I kind of want to know more about that. And I, like, jot that down or something. And 
I don't know. That's kind of how I formulate things. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you uh, had as much fun with this as I did. So awesome. <laughs> now, now uh, where can listeners find more information about yourself and just anything you want to plug? Yeah, if you ever want to find me, I am Kiera Lanise on all platforms. You can literally Google my name, K-I-E-R-R-A-L-A-N-I-C-E. That's my website, so .com. That's my email address, Kiera at KieraLanise.com. Instagram, MySpace if you still have it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Cash app Venmo if you want to be a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, no, yeah, Kiera Lanise, if you ever want to find me, you can find all kinds of things. Me, my work, how to book me if you're interested. Other than that, you can find me in the streets of Rio town. I'm always hanging out (laughs) when I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) Living that Lansing life, loving it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love Rio town. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Kira. Yeah. Seriously. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time for this. I, th- I think the work you do is incredibly interesting and I love the passion you have for it and also the passion you have for helping others to find their own passions. And I mean, being, yeah, being a Lansing native, it's, it's always refreshing to talk to another local about a city I have very strong ties to. And I just wanted to give yeah. a quick shout out to Sarah Spone for recommending that I get in touch with you. And I'm so glad I did because this conversation was an absolute blast. And oh. So yeah, good. and for everyone listening, be sure to check out the links in the show notes to stay updated with everything Kira has in the works. Kira, I wish you nothing but the best in all of your future events and endeavors, whatever they may be, and I hope you have a good rest <laughs> of your evening. Thank you so much, Eric. You as well. <laughs> awesome. You take care. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Kiera's website, socials, and other resources we discussed can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtaposed Journeys wherever you stream your podcast. And maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire I have linked below. If you're a good fit, I'll be sure to get in touch with you to be featured on a future episode. I just ask that you have some patience, as I'm pretty backed up with any of your requests at the moment. So thank you to everyone who's reached out and has expressed interest in being on the show. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing for this episode was done by Kai Will. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.